You're now tuned into the Flip Flip Daily Audio Experience Podcast. Let's talk flipping sneakers, Supreme, all things e-commerce, and so much more. Oh my goodness. Follow us on Instagram at Flip Flip. having me and saying such nice things yes I was always liking and commenting because I like uh when I come across pages of people that I can learn from too I mean I've been doing this a long time but you'll no matter how long you've been doing this there's always stuff to learn you know you're never really an expert as new things keep happening the game keeps evolving and I just love to see people's finds and yeah so Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, I was just really excited. I know you're super busy sometimes, and uh, I was just excited we were able to do it. Cause I, first of all, I know you're like a huge sports fan, um, <laughs> and yes. a lot of the people I kind of talk to, they don't really know sports too much. So I just wanted to see, uh, and even like in my uh, like my team, we talk about all these like free agent stuff, and oh, yeah. um, I just wanted to see what you what you thought of like Kyrie and uh, like KD and stuff. Oh my gosh! Okay, so we'll start with KD. So I am my nearest team is Oakland. So that, of course, that's the Warriors. I live in Santa Cruz, Northern California. So of course, I always supported that team, you know, yeah. growing up. But I am actually a Celtics fan. Nope, never been to Boston. People are like, how the hell did you become a Boston fan? And it started with my dad because he used to love Larry Bird back when, you know, he was playing. And I would always watch the games with my dad and he would always be talking about Larry Bird. So, of course, when a Celtics game was on, we were like glued to the TV because being on the West Coast back before cable and a million channels, you had to depend on what was on TV. So right, we, right. we would see them when they were playing the Lakers because, you know, the Magic Larry Bird, Magic Bird rivalry and all that. So they that's basically when the only time I would see them play. Anyhow, uh, so I, I was one of those people that I got stuck on a player like my dad and then I just stayed a fan. Um, and, but of uh, course, yeah, I was supported the Warriors until KD went there. I yeah, couldn't do and, it. I couldn't with- do it. With with him and how I look at it now is it's just like reselling. I just feel like it's a business and it's it's changed so much with the way these guys move and you mm-hmm. can't really knock it. It's just um, it's money. It's uh, who knows what's going on like behind the scenes with them. Right. And uh, I think as like a fan, you kind of just look at it and you have your um, like what you think went down but in reality I mean they're just doing what's best for them and it's mm-hmm. I like it you know it's making the league uh super competitive so no I agree and I do always try to 
reserve some judgment because I can say we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. However, there were some extraneous circumstances with this particular move. And for me, it was the fact that when KD was on the Thunder, dude, you were up 3-1. You were up 3-1. And you couldn't finish the job. You couldn't finish the job. So then you lose, and then you go to the team that beat you. Like, that's just, it's too much. No, that's, it's that. What's funny is I actually forgot about that. That's how sad that is. No, um, so I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, for me, was the that extra set of circumstances of why. Okay, I, but you go to the team that beat you. You know, you right. got spanked. And you go to the person that... Be- so, I, I'll stop. But I will say this. Um, of course, you would you would never wish injury on anyone. You know, all this um, talk with players and stuff. You know, obviously, it's entertainment. You don't want to really wish anything negative. When he got hurt in the finals, um, you know, obviously, this last sad. season. Was it so was sad. sad. And I was done. Back then, I was like, okay, guys, I'm done being mad at KD. I've squashed it. I'm done. It's over. <laughs> I think a lot of people felt that way because nobody wants to wish injury on anyone. And and it did show him, it did show his heart there that has been questioned in the past. That's so, true. Um, yeah, because a lot of people, I know he really wanted that championship. There's in, yeah. I play sports like uh, literally every morning I go and play basketball. Just, I think it's good. Uh, I've always just played sports and I can relate it to business it's like it's oh it's it's just that flow state you kind of sometimes if you have like anxiety or something Mm -hmm. you get into that that flow state whether it be uh, sports or business or just kind of like talking to people and Mm -hmm. um when you see others like that you have to just kind of you know respect it and and stuff like that yeah and I agree I think a lot of the reasons I love sports I always say this um for me Sports isn't about the scores, it's about the stories. And it's like, you know, I just as much enjoy what knowing the backstory to the players, like the hardships they went through, what happened in their lifetime, overcoming yeah. injuries, overcoming hardships, overcoming obstacles. There's such a parallel to life, not just business, but to life. So yeah. I, I've always enjoyed that and um, rooting for the underdog here and there and Oh, you so, just, um, yeah, and, and what's funny is a lot of the, if you look at their backstories, a lot of them were the underdogs, you know, yes. it's just mm-hmm. uh, perseverance and stuff like that, but um, as far as Kyrie Irving, are, aren't you a big Kyrie fan or no? Um, yes, but I will say he's a very interesting cat. I mean, this guy, <laughs> he's a little different, and I appreciate yeah, that. Yes, I like yes. diversity and not just what you are but who you are and right. yes he, his mental is a little different his brain works a little bit different and I like that you know I I think he's interesting I think he's um a very deep thinker type person obviously as far as his play um when he hit the three over Steph Curry in game seven when they won uh also being down three one you know in the finals Mm-hmm. against the Warriors I was from that point on I'll never forget that play 
I was like, oh my God, Kyrie has ice in his veins. And I pretty much well, became that, an instant fan that well, day. That, but... um, that version of Kyrie Irving, I really enjoyed. Yes, um, yes. And then that's... when he went to the Celtics, it kind of... No, he didn't uh, fit. Yeah. So. And obviously, so when I heard the news, when the initial... Um, when the initial release came out that he we got him, all of us Celtics fans were like, "Oh my God, this is gonna be insane!" Oh, yeah. And we just were like beside ourselves. But then it just never worked out. Like his chemistry, it never clicked. Even though he's got the best handles, he's got so much. You can't predict that. I don't think you can't predict the chemistry. I don't think he's kind of like the alpha. I think he's. Very, very talented, but I think he needs that. Um, but he's also super young, you know. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's super young, so. No, um, I, I, he just wasn't the right fit. So when he left, it was like, no hard feelings. Some Celtics fans were kind of sour at, you know, certain things he said or whatever. But I'm like, you, it's a business, whatever. They're young. They're, they're emotional, you know, um, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. and then we, when we got Kemba, I'm like, okay, this feels better from the get. It just feels better. Like, his, okay. yeah, his style of play, his youth, I think he's going to be a good role model for the rest of the young players. We got a young team, Tatum and you Brown. Guys, uh, do you guys still have uh, Horford? No. No, uh, he left. <laughs> that was my man. I really liked yeah. him. Yeah, I liked him, too. I liked him, too. Really smart guy, um, but now so I'm just yeah, I'm just excited to for the next season because there's it's like the balance has been restored and there's a lot of teams that can are going to be in the run. It's just going to be so interesting. I'm I'm counting down the days. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, I know we could probably just continue. There's I could move on to the Lakers. I could move on. To oh. The we could, uh, go around the, we could go around the country. Yeah. This needs to be another podcast. That'd be tight. I would. Yeah. Um, I actually have a buddy I play with. I was thinking about doing that because it's just so interesting. And it's like, I don't know. I just love it. So I'm all new. Other people love it. So they'll listen, yeah. I think. But um, I really, honestly, Monica, I just wanted to learn. My podcast, I really just want to bring value to people. Um, yeah. Since I started day one, I, uh, I've documented. I used to do daily, um, but just with, like, everything going on now, uh, it's just so hard. Um, yeah, I, I know. It is. I'm one of those people who, like, I like to take action, and it's pretty bad, but just every day is rough. But um, mm-hmm. I've, uh, I've followed your page, and just the amount of, like, women's clothing, uh, Poshmark, um, just overall, like, all your stories, you just seem like a really uh, sweet person that I wanted my following to kind of mm, uh, attach you. to and just look at. Yeah, and um, I just wanted to kind of, I think the best value you can give on a podcast is kind of telling people uh, the beginning, and then mm. they can kind of see that and maybe mimic it or just kind of, because a lot of the new resellers, they need the most help. Um, yeah. And um, I would just like any bit of value as far as like your beginning, like how, what made you start, you know? Yeah. So I'm a bit older. Um, I'm 42 years old. <laughs> People are just like, me or not, I am. So oh, <laughs> I, I actually started selling on eBay in the late 90s. I believe they started in 95. Um, 
but only for a hobby. Back in the day when there wasn't even pictures, it, it looked like eBay looked like Craigslist without yeah, pictures. Oh, yeah, yeah. With just, Funny story. With just, I, uh, when I was a kid, which I was born in 91, so um, oh, yeah. I, I was, I remember being at my buddy's house looking for skateboard decks on eBay. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, oh, good times. We <laughs> we, were, we were looking through them, and the site, it just looked like uh, like cartoony. It was crazy. Yeah, I, I equate it to what Craigslist looks like, you know, just a bunch of hyperlinks. But yeah. um, we used to get checks in the mail, money orders, personal checks. I even got cash in the mail. I used, that, that was before PayPal. But, you know, that was only for fun. That was just, it was never an actual business. It was like, oh, I, I'm not wearing this anymore. And let me sell it. And then I just turn around and buy something for myself. So it wasn't, definitely wasn't a business mind. It was just more of a hobby. Um, I was in the corporate world for almost 17 years, 16 years at, at Wells Fargo. And I actually never thought of, I didn't even know reselling was real. You know, I never, I was not in the community. Um, I didn't know people actually sold for a living like that. I had no idea. Um, so I quit one day and I kind of got in, I, I, I'm in California. I'm having this career. I thought, I think I'm going to die here at Wells Fargo, you know, had no idea I would ever be doing anything else. And um, we were merging with another bank. And let's just say some stuff was going down. And I wasn't going to Was it uh, Wachovia? Yes, actually. Well, no, no. It was... um, Was it Wachovia? Because there was two. There was Wachovia. There was Washington Mutual. Something like that. (laughs) There was a bunch of mergers happening, like, one after another. And so, basically, I quit. And then when I quit, I am did you, born and um, raised in California, but yeah. Did you have like a plan when you quit? No. Was it, uh, no. Oh, wow. Okay. No. So I always say when people are like, how did you go full time? And I always say mine is more of how not to go full time because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have enough savings. Yeah, but if you think about it, like that's just the success story. Usually, I mean, yeah, it could end up horribly wrong, but at the same time, I'm sure you just wanted to get out of there, you know? Like, I did. did. I wanted too. I wanted out, and um, I'm born and raised in California, but after I quit, I just knew that I needed to get away, and I realize now that it was partially that I was running away, so I went to Arizona, um, and I ended up living there for a few years, and I just got to the point where I was broke, and uh, I had always thought, oh, I'm going to go back to the corporate world, possibly even Wells Fargo again, but just, you know, not in that area mm-hmm. and uh, I just got into this really depressed phase of my life feeling like mm-hmm. just horrible um, ashamed of myself go- going from this because I was a branch manager and I was also a sales consultant a coach mm-hmm. I had so many employees a big book of business and going from all that to just being alone and a banker a former banker being broke that does a lot for your confidence not you know yeah. And so yeah, I, I, um, I, uh, I did the same thing. I worked at, uh, I mean, mine wasn't like, like you got some cojones for just doing it. I, uh, I kind of waited, you know, in that part time, like, eh, 
I'm still mm-hmm. like kind of young, but I left uh, Citibank too. I just kind of walked out. <laughs> and, oh, but my, yeah. my managers love me. And they, they, like, I've always was that person at corporate where they're like, we know you hate it here. We know you're doing something different. Just keep grinding. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. And so I basically just got all of my work clothes and, you know, I had nice stuff. I used to shop at Saks and Nordstrom back before I knew about this going to thrifting. Yeah. And so I had nice stuff. So I sold it off because I needed the money, though. Not at the time thinking, oh, this is going to be a business. That that wasn't what I was thinking. What I was thinking is I need to pay my rent. I need to pay, you know, these bills. So I'm like, let's just sell all your stuff on eBay. So that's what I did. I sold it. And then I thought, Hmm, this is interesting. And I just randomly at that time, I stumbled onto a Savers um, thrift store and I walked in and I found out they had Dollar Day. And I was like, And what, what year yeah. was this around? If you... This was, um, gosh, this was probably Still in the eight 90s. or nine years ago. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. So... I found out they had Dollar Day, and I thought, oh, I wonder if I could find any of this stuff like the stuff I just had recently sold my work clothes. And so I started looking through the racks, and I'm like, oh, this is a good brand, and I just started grabbing stuff. And I remember that I spent $50 that day. I remember it was $50 because I actually needed that $50, and to me, it's embarrassing to say, but it wasn't easy spending $50 thinking, what if it doesn't sell, you know? Yeah. I was just in a bad place financially. And so I, I bought it, saw the 50 items, $50, and I sold them. And then I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really interesting. So the next time I went back and bought a little bit more, and um, I had taken my son to the library, and I, this was, again, before, I don't know why it never dawned on me to YouTube you know, eBay selling or anything like that. It just never did. I was at the mm-hmm. library and I found a book called eBay Millionaires. And what? Yeah. And it was basically like a compilation of little stories of how these huge successful eBay sellers came to be and how they started. What they all had in common was that they had such humble starts, you know, like yeah. me just selling something out of their house or out of their garage. And now, you know, they're these huge companies. And I thought, Oh my God, people do this for a living. That was the first time I realized it. Yeah. And that's crazy that you're in a library, though. That kind of lets the listeners know when this was going. (laughs) I mean, not to say the obviously I'm on eBay, so the internet exists, Google exists, YouTube exists, social media exists, but I was such a social media hermit crab. Like, I was so anti social media that it just didn't dawn on me to even research it there. But Anyway, so I um, gave myself a time frame. Like, if you can make X amount by X time, you don't have to go back to your to the corporate world. And yeah. so I did. I just made my goal. And now, every- were you um? Uh, let me know. My my bar went to. I think it's good though. Did when um? So after that for fifty dollars, mm-hmm. you how much would you say you like accumulated? Oh, probably the out of the fifty dollars. This is again like nine years ago. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe I made five hundred dollars or four hundred dollars. And then from you know, there, that, was it like let's go hard, like in the paint? yeah. So then from yeah. there, every single time I went, I had a goal 
to get 10 more items. So not a huge, you know, but this is over week, over week, over week. And what, um, um, what kind of margins like at, like, like this is when you were, you know, it was either this or who knows, but what, when you were sourcing, were you just like pounding through racks and going yes. like, and, and I was, very, <laughs> yes. And I was very conscious of only pulling the dollar tags. Okay. So I only, for years, I only bought things that were for a dollar, um, with the exception of in Arizona, there's half off day every other Saturday at Goodwill. Just the that real, was, real good, good stuff. Yeah. So that was the first time I started going up a little bit more going up, meaning things that were four ninety nine. obviously I spent two fifty, right. or, you know, seven ninety nine. Or $8 and see, that's, uh, that's what I, I, in my podcast, like when I first start, and I still do this, like, it's not that I'm cheap, but you have to get those meaty margins. You to have really, to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And whether it be 99 cent stuff, 199, 2.99, you know, mm-hmm. use the cashback card, use the mm-hmm. coupons, talk to the, the Goodwill employee and be like, look, <laughs> what can we do here? Um, just stuff like that. Uh, to really just get your inventory started you can't a lot of new resellers they'll go to walmart clearance and dump all their money into Mm -hmm. you know a 30 dollar product and um that's later you know that's not um and that's what i'm I'm glad that you said all that because i think that'll help i agree that's later and because see what's going to happen even if you have the money you're going to make mistakes i would rather learn the process on a dollar item than a $30 item because the process is the same. You buy the item, you flip the item, you list the item. Like for example, I made um, mistakes on shipping. I'll never forget selling a pair of sneakers to Hawaii and just getting totally grilled on the shipping. Back then I didn't know flat rate existed. That's another learning thing. You're gonna just encounter these little things that um, are just part of the learning curve. And and that's why we say, how do people always ask that how do I start reselling and my answer is always the same is start selling out of your own house don't worry about the profit worry about the process it's the process and even some of my um some of my like new members I, I tell them have capital but don't like you can really and it leaves a bad taste in your mouth if you first start out dump all this money don't make anything you're obviously not going to do it but the problem yeah. is every new reseller to be successful, you're, you're not going to hit um, really good right off the bat. You're going to mess up um, yep. and stuff like that. Oh yeah. That's so, so it's like gather five, 10 items out of your house. You're not using and don't worry about the dollar amount. You got to worry about the process of it, taking the photo, listing the item, answering the questions, uploading the listing correctly, um, what information are you going to put in there, all that, those little things. And if you make a mistake, it's just, you know, off something that you just had in your house. Right. And then once you get that down, then you go out. The thrifts are such a good way to learn. That's how I also learned Amazon. Same thing is I started just scanning stuff in my house. And I remember I had like 10 items, mostly found them in my son's room because he had like Xbox games and um, oh, yeah, especially, little, like, you, tell them, you know, <laughs> you know, are you using this? No. Can mom yeah. make some money on it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it was only literally a few bucks, but I wasn't concerned about that. I just wanted 
I was so scared to make my first shipment because reading Amazon, it was like learning a new language. Because FBA I was, is, is yeah. very scary. Sound yeah, out, exactly. You know? So I gathered up 10 items and I, at the end of it, I was so stressed out. I was like, I don't care if, <laughs> if I don't make money. I just wanted to get there. And I, you just want to like break happens. off those chains and be like, oh my gosh. I, I just wanted I FBA. Exactly, exactly. And then I remember the first things that were selling, and I'm like, oh my god, this is real. This works. And now, um, as far as like, gosh, you, you're you're great because I haven't had to. I had eBay Kirk, and he's pretty old school. Um, mm. but you, I feel like, has have the thrift stores changed a lot. Um, well, I can only compare Arizona to California. Right, right, um, right. And I could say that here in California, they haven't changed since I started here. I think I've been back, what has it been like, four years back to California. They haven't changed in the time. Um, the thing that's changed is, for me, sourcing. So, like, when I was in Arizona there was a thrift store at every corner and I had no idea how good I had it until I moved back to my hometown in Santa Cruz County and there's not good thrifts here. So I have to drive all the way to the Bay area, which I don't mind, but that is not an advantage to me having to spend a whole day of driving. Mm -hmm. Um, California I've heard is, is rough. It can be, but um, I also know a lot of resellers in California, so it can't be that rough. Oh, no. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, there's pro and con, right? So for me, the con is that I have to drive. The pro is that because the area I sourced in is so expensive, obviously, yes, I get good stuff. I get good brands. So there's that pro and con, you know, so I wouldn't change it, though. I like I like it here. Um, But I I have seen prices go up. you know, as far as thrift store changes you were asking, I I definitely have seen, especially with the clothing and the shoes. Um, yeah. I don't and see I think, it I think they just, I think they just fluctuate, really. Yeah. Um, but, uh, okay. And so you're big on Poshmark, right? Like. Not very much. Not very no. much. I, I think that's a little bit of a um, misconception <laughs> with me because I have Posh in my name, but I had this name before Poshmark. So, what? yeah, I've had this eBay store Write name. For, no, <laughs> of course they didn't. They don't know me, but it, <laughs> so it's just a coincidence. I I remember when I stumbled upon Poshmark, I was like, oh, we have both have Posh in our name. But so people always assume that because I have Posh in my name that I'm like this huge Poshmark seller. And I've actually thought of changing it. But it's just I've had it for so long. That's cool. Um, but no, but yes, I absolutely kinda... sell on there. But by far, uh, the three platforms that I sell on eBay, Amazon, and Poshmark, it is a distant third. A distant okay. third. Yeah, that's that's so. the same for me. I uh, I kind of use it as that that all these. I try to tell people like these different platforms. They all have their their use. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Poshmark is definitely. Uh, like your upscale eBay, Etsy kind of, uh, not even Etsy, but Etsy is a whole nother thing. Yeah, um, exactly. But uh, but yeah, when I go through like your Instagram stories and stuff, uh, just some of the brands and stuff that I've learned, I'm like, what the heck am I, you know? 
I know. And there's no shortcut. You just have to keep thrifting and looking stuff up. And then the more knowledgeable you become, the less time you spend looking stuff up. But it's going to be more time consuming in the beginning. Right. Um, Okay. So, so mainly you do like Amazon, eBay. That's like your one, two. Yeah. So with Amazon, I, like I said, I started in just stuff out of my house and then I started um, with stuff from the thrift store. Just anything that was in a box, I would scan it. A lot of used electronics, VCRs, VCR DVD combos, um, little handheld, the camcorders, just a oh, lot yeah, of all the Walkman. all the goody like vintage stuff. Yeah, um, I had no idea that Amazon commanded such really good prices in that area, and then that's how I learned. I learned, you know, the ranks and the process of selling there while spending the least amount because I was only spending, you know, like under $10 an item. And then once I got, yeah. And once I got comfortable there, then I started doing retail arbitrage, you know, Ross Marshall, stuff like that. And then I got into liquidations and I just for pure luck, I found a liquidator that, um, I bought a ton of bras from this particular brand that I was ungated in. This is still in the fairly beginning. So, you know, you're gated and everything. I was, I've been there. I know it sucks. So (laughs) this particular brand I was ungated in just, you know, because everyone's ungated in it. And I just went so ham on those bras. I was just as much as I could get. I was ordering, 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 ordering until, um, I had so many sales that I finally was able to unlock, like, Nike and Under Armour, um, Disney, like, Lego, all the big brands. And so that's that's what I still do now is mainly liquidations. I will do some RA starting next month because of fourth quarter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and, like, that's – it just all makes sense. Like, you kind of have to just move with the market – you have to move with each platform. You have to, you have to just do it all and just scale up. Um, it's not, oh, yeah. it's not complicated. It's just kind of, uh, just getting shit done really, you know? Yeah. I um, think the complicated part is the repetition. The complicated yeah. part is fighting through the times where sales are slow because that happens to all of us. Yeah. The complicated part is, just the consistency it's not that the technicalities are hard it's that the movements are hard to keep going i mean we you gotta all... be you gotta be creative too um, yeah yes and uh and just innovative yeah i think just constantly growing uh like making once you get past that like new reseller i think i think part-time a lot of the new resellers they can make an extra you know 20k uh, yeah. 30K, oh, yeah. You know. And the part-timers, those people, I think, are doing it right. Like, if I could mm. go back, you know, and how my career ended and everything, if I could go back, I would have, of course, started reselling part-time because a huge part of being successful as a reseller is momentum and not letting yeah. it go once you have it. So you build up your customer base, you build up your inventory, you build up your rhythm, you build up like constant conversions and so once you have that momentum, it's so easy, so much easier to step off into full time. 
Yeah. There, I think the full, the part timers are doing it right. The ones that they want to go full time, like keep going. And I always say too, I if I could have done this again, I would have taken my vacation. I would have taken like a week off and <laughs> just resold, you know, for that week and to see how it well, felt. Well, in the uh, in the banking world, I can relate. I used to um, they would just know me as like literally call me like flip flip at work because I would come mm-hmm. in there with a backpack filled with stuff i'd go up to the third floor and list it um on my breaks and stuff yeah and um i would even sell some stuff there too and uh but yeah i think that 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 kind of stuff just having both incomes and just save 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 yes you know just working it out but i still like i still like the the all-in i think that just shows your heart you know yeah for sure so all right. Well, as as far as eBay, is that kind of you said that's number two? No, right now it's number one. But Amazon is. I don't know how long, much longer it will hold on to number one. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's 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 my number one right now. Okay. All right. Well, I think. I mean, thanks again for doing this. This is. Oh, I think yeah. there's been a, a lot of value. I think a lot of people. I don't know, you just have that that kind of like that it factor on Instagram. People want to know about you, um, you know, and just how you do things. You're really like mellow and just, I don't know, I just get good vibes. So oh, I appreciate you. it. And um, yeah, if, if anybody wants to follow you, um, I'll let you give all your stuff and uh, like Instagram um, and all that. Yeah, Instagram is theposhanger.com. Um, and I did do one YouTube video. It's the same, <laughs> the, po- the poshanger.com. Uh, excuse me, just the poshanger. And I'm hoping to put more videos up like in the next week. I kind of gave myself a goal to do that after summer. So I need to get back on it. You just got to force yourself to do it at this point. I do. <laughs> like... <laughs> I, I talked about so much on my Instagram how I have this video phobia. So it hasn't been easy. All of this, the all of the social media. At first, I never showed my face. Then I wouldn't talk. And then I started talking. Then it was the puppy filter to even do videos. So. And, and hold on, you um, I might be breaking up. I'm on one bar, but you um, you were at eBay Open too, right? Mm-hmm. And you did like um, like a panel or something. I did. I I interviewed three of the eBay executives. It was called the inside scoop. So basically (laughs) there was like 30 minutes where I asked them questions Mm -hmm. and they were troopers because they did answer them all. Um, And then they fielded questions from the audience. And then there was a second one where it was just called the fashion reseller panel. And you should should put that on your YouTube channel too. I don't know if I can because it was Uh, recorded by eBay with a whole, you know, professional videographer. But you can watch them if you uh, go to the eBay Open website. And actually, you can watch all the all the workshops. So it's a way to go to eBay Open for free is you go to the eBay Open website and they have all the workshops because there was different segments going on during the day. So. Which reminds me, I have to watch some that I missed. Yeah, I'm going to watch it. I always, you know, got the AirPods and stuff. I just, I love, I mean, social media, we can talk about that for a little bit, but it's just, I love it. I love 
care of the people with the same aspirations, same mm-hmm. everything, just kind of just working at it. So I always plug in and just listen to that stuff. So I know it's fun to have commonality. It really makes life so much easier. Yeah. All well, right. thanks. Well, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. You guys, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and peace.